Was A Quiet Place inspired by signs it comes at night in War for the Planet of the Apes? Was Ready Player One influenced by Avatar, Wreck-It Ralph, and The Last Starfighter? Is a hurricane heist more influenced by Sharknado or Geostorm? These are the kinds of questions my guest co-hosts and I discuss on my podcast, Piecing It Together. Every week, we look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it, whether it's the story, the character development, tone, or even use of music. Every movie was influenced by something that came before, and we want to figure out what. Check out Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app or check us out on piecingpod.com. You can also follow us on social media at piecingpod. Piecing It Together is a part of the All Points West Podcast Network. I mean, the duck plumber fixed the pipes, but I got sick of his butt quack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I actually liked that one. What? <laughs> okay. The bar has wait, been set wait, so you've low. You've never liked any, any of the mm, other ones. This was a good one. Let's focus on that. Okay, so welcome <laughs> to Screen Fix. I am host JC, and mm-hmm. with me, as always, is the co-host that carries the show, Lady Wan, Lady Wan, say hi to everybody. Hello there. Okay, so the show has always been fixing new releases, mm-hmm. the big movie that's out, right? Yes. Let's have the audacity to fix this movie, whether it's good, whether it's bad, <laughs> right? We fix stuff we like, we fix yes. stuff we don't, but it's always been a recent film. With this pandemic, the recent films that are coming out are not the same as what we used to do. Mm-mm. So we're trying something a little different today, something a little less audacious. <laughs> we're maybe trying to bring a little good into this film world Ooh. for once. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to start our Razzies series. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we are going to fix worse picture Razzie movies. Those are the... Golden Raspberry. The Golden Raspberries, thank you. And uh, <laughs> that's the sound. Is that the official sound of the golden raspberries? I think that's the yeah. You think a fart <laughs> is the official sound? Okay. So I don't know. My great aunt at Thanksgiving is the official sound of terrible films. Of terrible films, that is true. Mm-hmm. And this one definitely deserving of a foul stench. And jarring sound. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we're going to be doing the first Marvel film, the first feature length live action Marvel film. This baby was produced by George Lucas. (laughs) So, you know, we've got the pedigree there. How the hell did this end up winning worst picture, worst screenplay, and uh, a nomination for worst director? This thing was an absolute stinker. It was a box office bomb. It's actually bad. And going along with that golden raspberry sound effect, (laughs) it was downright foul. (laughs) That's going to happen a lot today, isn't it? We're talking about 1986's Howard the Duck. Across the sea of stars lies another world, a world almost exactly like ours. This is where he lives. He's 27 years old, single but searching. Favorite sports, windsurfing and Aikido. Favorite pastimes, cigars and sex. He has everything except fulfillment. And then one night, it happens. Hey, good buddy, are you home? He 
has a very sudden midlife crisis. He lands in Cleveland. You do know why you were sent to me? Listen to me, small visitor. I can explain how you got here. Maybe you're here for some greater purpose, some cosmic cause. Here, he's forced to reassess his career goals. You went to med school? To explore new relationships. <laughs> to redefine his self-image. I'm sorry, we don't allow pets on the premises. To adjust to a changing lifestyle. Oh, I pull it off! Until he discovers just who he really is. Oh, no. A duck in big trouble. That's a duck, man. Howard the Duck, trapped in a world he never made. Coming from George Lucas, a Willard Hike film, a Gloria Katz production. Old trailers just are always bad. The story of the movie, it's like ridiculous. <laughs> it's always yeah. a voiceover. Action and adventure. So, Lady Wan, for this series, yeah, maybe for this series, I don't know, we'll test it out this episode. Uh, I have something special. Um, okay. I ordered something, Lady Wan. <sighs> what, why are you afraid? What is yeah, that? I don't, I don't know what kind of stuff you're, you're purchasing. Well, it is from Japan. Okay, that tracks. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I stumbled upon this website that was offering essentially uh, uh, robots that could be programmed with AI to be conversational mm. and even have a sort of like specialized uh, personality that you could pick. Okay. Uh, one of the examples on the site was to have your robot know a lot about Russian literature. So I thought, okay, well, let's... <laughs> See if I, you know, I mean, we've got all that sweet, sweet screen fix money. Uh, I'm rolling in I'm it. I'm sorry to say that I, this is what I spent it on. <laughs> I should have consulted you. I know that we probably should have spent it on, you know, like new mics, yeah. uh, some, uh, some merchandise. Mm. Uh, but instead, uh, I got this uh, weird purchase from uh, Japan. So yeah, I don't, I don't think Torpedo is going to be happy that we're behind on rent and you. <laughs> You've done what now? Like <laughs> so. Uh, well, anyway, so this is this is what I did. I I had the company load in film knowledge so we could see if it can fix movies. Oh God. Okay. All right. So All right. Hold on. I'm, I'm I'm immediately threatened by this right. because so, <laughs> what are, what am I bringing to the table? <laughs> like, oh no. Yeah, this is what happened to everybody's like great grandpa when like machines first showed up at the plant. This is what happened when they got an automatic gate at the old people neighborhood where my grandpa lived and he got replaced oh. by the <laughs> gate. Oh no. Yeah, this grandpa. happened. He couldn't give the kids in the cars hard candy anymore. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Yeah, so hold on. So I've I've got this box here. Hold on okay. a second. Okay. So hold on, let's let's open this thing up. Hold okay. on. Wow. Um what do you think? Um this looks like a reprogrammed sex robot. I mean, look at its mouth. Um, Is it anatomically? Hold on. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think this is a reprogrammed sex robot. Okay. So like sanitized before delivery? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. We should get the wipes. You should really have checked like the terms and conditions before you purchased. Sperms and conditions. I mean, people are wiping down their groceries when they get them delivered from Amazon Fresh. I hope you're you've got your wipes ready. Okay, oh, let's wipe it. Hold on, please let's wipe it down real quick. Hold on, be right back. <laughs>
Well, yes, it is anatomically correct, the, uh, 100%. Okay, so uh, let's just make a, a promise right now. Mm -hmm. The relationship with this robot is platonic, okay? Okay. All right, so sure. uh, <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. <laughs> How do you turn this thing on? I, uh, I Hold on. You're not supposed to know if it's platonic. <laughs> okay, I guess it's on. It? I mean, it looks female. I guess we should ask it a, a question. Yeah. Uh, uh, what should we name it? I have been given a default name by my creator, Fixo. Filmmaker intentions extreme override. Well, that's perfect. Wow. <laughs> to apropos. Wow. Okay. So, fix <laughs> Fixo, Fixo filmmaker intentions extreme override. Okay. I, I think that's what we do here. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, most definitely. We override the creative intentions mm -hmm. of filmmakers. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's apropos. Fix so. What are your primary objectives? What's your prime directive? What are you programmed for? Serve as a film wiki, provide constructive changes to film narratives, and perform rim jobs. <laughs> what was the last thing? Perform rim jobs. I'm pretty sure he said rim jobs. Mm, yeah. I don't know if all the programming is completely out of... Uh, I think so. Do you frequent the site that you bought this from? It feels like it's based on your, your personal algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I think there's some old programming mm. still stuck in uh, Fixo. Mm. So yeah, let's uh, let's just start talking about the movie. Right. The movie. I forgot all I, about I the think movie. It's, <laughs> I think it's... All right. So, of course, uh, Howard the Duck got his start in Marvel's Adventure into Fear, Man-Thing comics, by Steve Gerber. It was a throwaway character who was killed off in the very next issue. Fans complained about it. They wrote in, and they brought him back for some Man-Thing annuals, and then he got his own series. He was popular among Marvel readers, and his own series was a satire on modern life because he was an alternate reality being. He was from another reality, uh, which made him a perfect objective observer of the absurdities of human life. Oh. Uh, and of course, Disney chimed in with some infringement claims, uh, mostly because they thought foreigners whose first language isn't English wouldn't be able to really distinguish between the two ducks. So oh. they requested that Marvel make him shorter, fatter, have human toes, Ew. and wear pants. <laughs> the order of that list is so strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only our duck can be an irate pervert with no pants. All right, um, so, of course, Gerber didn't like this, and Howard went pantsless again in no time. <laughs> Gerber loved his creation of Howard. He fought against the Howard newspaper comic strip, which he was fired from for lateness, and he also eventually <laughs> fought Marvel for ownership of the character. They settled that out of court, and that was right around the time Howard was optioned by George Lucas mm. for this movie what a journey he's been on yeah that was just the first part of his journey he had like there was a failed black and white kind of a adult uh, version of his comic which was not very popular and he had a bunch of cameos and he came back uh, he had a team up with gerber's she hulk uh, and eventually mm. there was a small revival and then uh, guardians you know what they say you're out of luck until you've gone done so they tried to bring him back again, and he's gone yet again. So he doesn't have much staying power aside from like that first Gerber run, which was which was pretty popular, I think. 
The movie was directed by frequent George Lucas collaborator Willard Hike. Actually, we bought this thing for movie knowledge. What? Yeah, uh, fix it. Make it work. Tell us about the director of Howard the Duck. Willard Huick and George Lucas both attended the film school of the University of Southern California. Huick and his writing partner and wife Gloria Katza worked on the screenplays for Lucas films like American Graffiti, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and Radio Land Murders. They also did uncredited work on Star Wars. Huick directed four films, Messiah of Evil, French Postcards, Best Defense, and Howard the Duck. Oh, that was educational. Okay. That was great. And not one gross reference. Yeah. It was okay. All right. We're on to something good here. Okay. Howard was originally played by a combo of a little kid and a little person, Ed Gale, uh, for the stunt work. Mm-hmm. But they eventually just went with Gale full time. <laughs> they didn't like want to throw some kid around. Weird. No, they, they said they said like the kid was like fatigued. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> the kid was tired of being like picked up by everyone throughout He's the tired the of movie. being picked up and has a, a duck head on himself the entire oh, day. Boy. I just want to go. He's like, I'd rather go to school than this shit. <laughs> I quit acting. So uh, Ed Gale. Uh, Trivia time. Ed Gale was also Chucky in 1988's Child's Play. Oh. What is a little person? Do they take 4.5 months to gestate in the womb? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Fix so. That's, um, oh, ow. Well, I mean, I guess it's not programmed with like, like how to treat people appropriately. No, so it's like, it just knows about fault, movies. But, uh, it, I don't, okay. just doesn't know about people. I don't yeah. think, I don't know. Do we have to help with that? Cause I'm worried about, about our level of responsibility here. We apologize on behalf of Fixo. Mm-hmm. So at, anyway, uh, after the film was done, Hike and Katz, uh, auditioned some voice actors. Uh, some of the ones that auditioned were Robin Williams, Ooh. John Cusack and Martin Short. All those people, read for the voice of Howard and they eventually just cast a Broadway actor named Chip Zian uh, that they thought had the right nasally tone so there was no stunt casting there just interesting they liked his nasally voice but he has a bill like he didn't even have a nose he does <laughs> I don't understand the decision making process yeah I mean quack sounds nasally though we're like it's kind of a okay. nasally All right. yeah yeah so that was who they got to voice Howard. Uh, this movie stars Leah Thompson right on the heels of Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, she's apparently the queen of 80s inappropriate relationships. <laughs> first her son and then a duck. Mm-hmm. We've got Tim Robbins in what is one of his first film roles, uh, playing the wacky lab assistant guy. Janitor. Uh, wacky lab janitor. Yeah. Yeah, one of his first film roles. I read somewhere that he doesn't think back on the movie with any regrets because it was George Lucas and he got paid a ton for it. And also he talked about how the movie went over, over schedule. So he was getting paid extra and he was just like, love it. Yeah. Like the more off track the movie was, he was loving it. He's like, perfect. He's like, I'm getting paid for the first time. (laughs) We also have Jeffrey Jones, the principal from Ferris Bueller. Nine times. And guy who pled no contest to a charge of soliciting a minor to pose for dude photographs. Yeah. And subsequent arrests for failing to update his sex offender status. Yeah. How are you going to forget about that one? Someone took a photo of me when I was just a microchip. That's not the same. (laughs) Let's move on. So, uh, (laughs) Howard the Duck. Mm -hmm. I can remember when this came out. I was Mm -hmm. right 
at that age, I think I was like seven when it came out or whatever. So mm-hmm. we're talking like prime VHS, little JC. Mom, I want to watch Howard the Duck. He's silly. And then like your mom or your dad was like, oh, George Lucas. Oh, so I saw Star Wars at a drive-in and I got necked by a chick named Cheryl. And then uh, Wait, your mom the, uh, or your dad said that? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it was the 70s. Was <laughs> shagging everywhere. They had vans with shag carpet. All right. So anyway, George Lucas. And then you get home, you put in the VHS. Within the first minute, you get a pair of duck titties. <laughs> and I remember those duck titties from when I was a kid for it being the most like jarring. What am I looking at? This is telling me a lot about you. Honestly, it's like burned into my memory. The mm. duck. T- I was like, mm. I don't think I'm supposed to be seeing this. I'm seeing this anyway. I don't think my parents realize I'm not supposed to be seeing this. It looks like it's for kids, but it's so weird. I feel like the movie, the reason why nobody saw it is because it was too messed up for kids. And then adults were just like, it's about a little duck and it looks like it's kind of for kids. Yeah, It's so confusing. And I, I remember being very confused by it when I was a kid, even though stuff that I didn't get, like I didn't get the reference of like when uh, Leah Thompson is in the bed with him and the, the feathers are going up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's kind of like a, a faux boner. Beth, let's be realistic. I mean, my apartment's zillions of miles from here. <sighs> You're three feet taller than I am. I just can't resist your intense animal magnetism. Whoops. (laughs) I mean, Leah Thompson is trying to have sex with with a a duck. I'm not even sure how that would would work. Uh, Ducks, I I feel like famously, (laughs) ducks have corkscrew dicks. (laughs) Like everybody knows this fact about ducks. Yeah. So that seems unpleasant. Would he have to like lay on top of her and on his stomach and spin around. Well, that's also a thing some people are into. (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with a human and a duck having intercourse? In my programming, I have the following in my response database. You are a real animal tonight. Ride me stallion. That's fair. (laughs) Let's uh, let's take that one off air. So yeah, uh, there's weird duck sex. And I remember watching this movie uh, a lot. It was like a regular movie that I watched. Really? And uh, I'm probably psychologically damaged. Yeah, that seems, yeah. Uh, (laughs) This movie came out two weeks before I was born, fun fact. Exactly two weeks. Okay, Mm -hmm. so Howard the Duck, (laughs) does it have a legacy uh, with Lady No, not at all. I saw it for this, and I thought I knew what it was going to be about. No, no, I did not. Uh, (laughs) I... Like about the first 20 minutes, I was like, yeah, 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 I follow, I follow. And then I was like, the fuck is happening? Like, I did not know any of this was going to go down. I did, however, know about the duck titties. I knew that I knew that was going. <laughs> How did you hear about the duck um, titties? I actually had a conversation with someone not that long before we watched it. And we discussed how someone's special effect role on that movie was to make the duck titties and that someone since then has been going oh yeah i did that like someone is like bragging that like yeah yeah that was me <laughs> let me see i worked i did the duck titties i did the hair boner uh, yeah 
I mean, that's somebody's <laughs> accomplishment. Can you imagine like that day of work you're in and that day you're just painting the nipple mm-hmm. and you're having to show the like director like, is this areola color okay? Yeah. Is this what you're picturing? Oh yeah? Okay. Ugh, what a weird day of work for a few people. Dude, who knows? Maybe it was the best day they ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Really lonely person. Best day ever. Best day ever. All right. So, Howard the Duck, why don't we just move right along? Why don't you give us the Fresh Hot Stats? All right. So, this movie, as we mentioned, came out in 1986. It had a budget of $38 million, which is like $86 million in today's money, which is basically project Mm -hmm. power. So, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> still still could be trash with that much money oh, yeah. um check out the back catalog episode 98 um Ooh. yeah this this sucker had industrial light and magic working yeah. on it lucas pulled his strings and got like the best special effects the duck titties and <laughs> <laughs> industrial light and memories <laughs> um it came in third its opening weekend behind Aliens and Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, making only $5 million. <laughs> it grossed $37 million worldwide and was number 54 out of all 201 theatrically released movies in 1986. Oh, that's terrible. It is 14% rotten with an audience score of 38%. This one is one of those weird ones where I don't think yeah. this one ever even got like cult so classic what status. So what needs to be a term and we need to figure it out because i feel like we're going to run into a lot of this shit now for <laughs> for cult classic that is bad do you have one no if i had one i would have said it and sounded smart <laughs> we'll figure one out <laughs> i think we should be able to ask fixo what we call this so okay let's see fixo if a movie is 14 percent rotten only makes five million dollars and is ranked 54 out of the box office that year what does that equal Audience score divided by opening weekend times box office ranking equals who gives a shit this movie sucks. Oh. (laughs) I I think he's learning. I can't argue with that math. (laughs) (laughs) Better math than we usually do here. Oh, yeah. On screen fix. It it took us far too long to figure out how long it had been since the first Bill and Ted movie came out. I've never been more embarrassed. (laughs) We needed fix, so to tell us who gives a shit. All right, so those are the fresh hot stats. Let's go ahead, before we just start fixing it, let's go ahead and dive into a quick plot summary. Can we ask Fixo what happens? Can he describe the movie to us? Yeah, let's get let's get the summary from Fixo. Yeah. What? Why are we even looking I, this I'm, up? I'm never going to Google anything again. I'm just going to ask Fixo. All right, Fixo, it's time for you to work. Mm-hmm. Tell us plot summary a quick one keep it tight one third as long in this film based on the comic book character howard the duck is suddenly beamed from duck world a planet of intelligent ducks with arms and legs to earth where he lands in cleveland there he saves rocker beverly leah thompson from thugs and forms a friendship with her she introduces him to phil tim robbins who works at a lab with scientist dr jenning jeffrey jones when the doctor attempts to return howard to his world Jenning instead transfers an evil spirit into his own body. Yeah. Okay, good enough. Yeah, that covers it. All right. I thought I was going to be threatened by Fixo, and so far I'm I'm glad I have someone to uh, share the podcast weight with. This is good. I'm here to serve your every desire. Oh. All right, there's some of that old programming, mm. I think. Uh, so let's go ahead and move along. Uh, before we just start fixing mm-hmm. this, Lady Juan, what is one thing, because a lot of people work on a movie, we don't just want to bash mm-hmm. it. Somebody this made is, the duck titties. Somebody made the duck titties. We got to give them their <laughs> yes. due. What is one thing you liked about Howard 
the duck. Lady Wonka. I really enjoyed Leah Thompson's wardrobe and unbelievably crimped hair. I thought the <laughs> styling was brilliant. I think I, I read that she based it on Madonna and Cindy Lauper. I mean, it's it's defying gravity. Like, it's not moving at all. Had you been born 10 years earlier, you would have had that hairdo. I would have lived for a crimper. <laughs> I can't crimp, but I can fluff. Okay. Oh. It could mean yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, it's I, fine. What did you like about Howard the Duck, JC? Ah, okay. I enjoyed the special effects. The duck titties. <laughs> Not that final creature. There was one point where you could actually see through his body to the background. <laughs> it was not done well, but I did like that good old 80s blue glow around Jeffrey Jones and him shooting the lightning out and that crazy like practical effects tongue yeah that was weird penis crab arm that okay. came out of his mouth uh yeah so you know I like that mix of like practical effects with some computer effects it's pretty good I liked it okay does Fixo have like opinions on yeah he does because he said it sucked yeah can can Fixo do that can Fixo be be positive Fixo did you like uh, anything about Howard the Duck I like the accuracy of the closed captioning. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> Never heard that one before. Uh, okay. He did not veer into uh, insulting the movie as you've been known to do. So way to go, Fixo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now that that's out of the way, what do you say, everybody, that we fix this movie? What do you say, everybody? Come on, make some noise. Ow! Oh, my ears. What, oh, what are you doing? Not, no, not that noise. Whatever that is. Don't, don't oh. do that noise. Oh. Just give me a second to hear uh -huh. again. Uh, and uh, what is your first Howard the Duck Razzie winning fix? <laughs> so my first fix for Howard the Duck is uh, I have the benefit of hindsight here in saying, let's not have sweaty, creepy Jeffrey Jones in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like there's, there's hindsight there. But also like it. I, his character doesn't add anything to the movie for me. I, I've done my research. I know the Dark Overlord is a comic book villain for Howard the Duck. I get it. But I feel like it's just too weird and sweaty and gross. And if this movie wants to stay fun and silly and adventurous, let's get real basic and 1980s and just have the bad guy be the U.S. government. Like, that's a safe bet. Let's just have the feds trying to catch Howard and experiment on him. Let's just E.T. this shit and do what we know works. Well, it's got to be a race to catch him with the Russian government. Yes. Right? Because that's every 80s yes. movie. The Russian government is somehow also after mm -hmm. Howard. I would love that. <laughs> to capture the duck. And, of course, there's going to be some some lady who's like, a kind of fine duck sexy. <laughs> Like the, the femme fatale. Yes. <laughs> the femme fatale is like obsessed with thing. I have a thing for web feet. <laughs> it's perfect. JC, what's your first yes. fix for Howard the Duck? Okay. Here is my first fix. So 
overall, of course, we've talked about this, how the tone of the movie is just all over the it place. cannot decide. And also, things happen in this movie so quickly. It's mm-hmm. like he gets sucked to Earth. Yeah. He meets Beverly. Yeah. Beverly takes him to the Tim Robbins janitor. He's like, screw you, Beverly, for whatever reason. And then... Immediately. I, like, immediately. And then he finds her again. And then he's suddenly in the clutches of Jeffrey Jones and scientists there's one tiny part of the movie where he's a janitor in a brothel. <laughs> yeah, he's, clean- he's, the towel he's cleaning duck. up spunk towels. <laughs> what the hell? Oh my God. Ugh. And that's really the only like real world stuff that he gets to do. Howard the Duck was a satirical yeah. look on society, on human society. And he never really gets to do that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like the basis of what his character was supposed to be. Tonally, it's really messed up because uh, here are two quotes. Uh, One of them is from Gerber, who Mm -hmm. is, the, of course, the creator of Howard the Duck. He says that the comic book series was an existential joke, stating, quote, This is no joke. There it is. The cosmic giggle. The funniest gag in the universe that life's most serious moments and most incredibly dumb moments are often distinguishable only by a momentary point of view. Anybody who doesn't believe this probably cannot enjoy reading Howard the Duck. Now, Gloria Katz, one of the screenwriters, said, quote, It's a film about a duck from outer space. It's not supposed to be an existential experience. We're supposed to have fun with this concept. Already there's a massive disconnect between the source material and the person writing this material. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to shoehorn some of the edgier stuff from the comics in with this it's about a duck we're supposed to have fun with it tone. Yeah, that's why it's all over the place. The movie goes from like wacky kid adventure they're on an airplane flying over a road and it's silly Mm. to duck titties and (laughs) sperm towels on a dime it's a lot (laughs) so i'm gonna change some of this and what i want is more time spent with howard in the real world and i'm gonna go ahead and try to keep the edgy tone and i'm gonna do that by also keeping what some of the screenwriters did so Beverly is not a singer in the comics, Hmm. but we need her band Cherry Bomb and we need the songs from the Howard the Duck soundtrack. Yes, we do. I mean, it's it's, it's a pretty good song. I was singing it. I was. The entire day after we watched it, I was walking around my house singing that fucking song. (laughs) The Duck. Yeah, I mean, there was that song. There was a couple other songs songs. that Cherry Bomb sing. So let's keep Cherry Bomb. It's probably the only redeeming quality for this movie. So. As you recall in the movie, Howard becomes their manager. Mm -hmm. But of course, we never see him do that because immediately he's captured. Yeah. Let's go ahead and roll with that. Let's have Howard become the manager. And the movie is a rock and roll debauchery film and a road trip film. You know, so he's a quote unquote duck out of water. (laughs) I think that phrase is fish out of water, but whatever. I like duck out Uh, of water. It still works. And uh, he gets to provide observations on things like rock star idolization, corporate contracts, record studio executive slime balls, and more. He gets to give like a a commentary on human beings and society that way. I like it. You know, and we travel along with him. I think that's a better marriage of what the screenwriters wanted and what the original material is and that's my first fix i love that that'd be so fun it'd be like josie and the pussycats with a duck cats and ducks living together
Alright, Fixo, this is what you were brought here for. This is what I bought you for. This is what all of our Patreon money went uh-huh. to. Every dime of it. Every dime of it went to you. I'm still on microphones that I stole from a church mm. that I am not a member mm-hmm. of. Uh, and <laughs> where did your mic come from, Lady Wan? Um, I'm not at liberty to say, but um, you know we've all been out of the office for a while, so work doesn't exactly know where everything went. <laughs> So yeah, uh, instead of spending it on that, we spent it on this contraption. But uh, Fixo, uh, here you go. What is Fixo's first fix for your first movie, Uh, Howard the Duck? I'm very curious. To protect the Earth from invasion, the scientists shouldn't bother with the duck. The duck has no enhanced power or abilities between those of an anthropomorphic duck. The scientists should instead capture and sell the duck to the highest bidder in an erotic black market of kink. They should then take the money and invest it in an army of robots to protect from further invasion. Oh. To just make this about robots like you? You just made this about robots. Robots in this case provide superior protection from potential interdimensional threats. Uh, Are you going to add robots to all your fixes? You know... We we try to be accepting, JC, of everyone's fixes on on the show. Like let's let's try and give Fixo the benefit of the doubt. This yeah. is a yes and yeah. show. All it's, right. It's, I think that's a very interesting idea, Fixo, and I'm glad that you shared that with us. Thank you. Glad to be part of this threesome. <laughs> <laughs> Old programming. Lady Juan, what is your second fix for Razzie Winner Howard the Duck? My second fix has to do with, similarly, a weird tonal shift that happens in this movie. So when Howard first lands on Earth, it feels like Hill Valley in 1985A from Back to the Future 2, where Biff is basically Donald Trump. It is dark (laughs) and sketchy, and there's like a classic dystopian trash can fires in the street. And there's yeah. thugs with massive amounts of like makeup. Lace gloves. Lace gloves and massive makeup. Massive amounts of hairspray. Like it is crazy. Yeah. And then later in the movie, it's just Cleveland, regular, sunny Cleveland, um, a place I have yet to have the pleasure of visiting. But I looked it up. And in September, because our waitress at the Cajun Sushi Diner says Halloween is over a month away. So it's clearly September. It's between 57 and 77 degrees, give or take. So what the hell is going on in this movie? It looks like <laughs> dark and scary when he first lands. Like it's freezing cold. Like, And then it, you know, it's just September. Like it shouldn't be that scary. And then all of a sudden it's just a regular, regular day in Ohio for the rest of the movie. Wow. And I want to stay in weird dystopian like creepy future (laughs) glam rock like girls locked in cages while they play at the nightclub that's the cleveland i want to go to i want this movie to stay in the weirdness like that's where this should be especially if like okay if i ignore my first fix in this and we've got a weird creepy dark overlord he should be wanting to go to that cleveland the weird one the one with cages in all the nightclubs like that's that's where we should have been i don't know why it just got sunny and nice later (laughs) <laughs> All right, you want some kind of weird 80s, yes. gothy, yet neon, lacy. You wanted the set designer to be yes. Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> JC. Yes. Do you have another fix for Howard the Duck? I do. What is it? This is what it is. <laughs> 
So this kind of goes along with the road trip movie. I'm just going to kind of build okay, on that. So I like it. the comic world of Howard the Duck has a wealth of bizarre characters that could be used here. We've got Demon Lord Thog the Nether Spawn. <laughs> We've got Garko the Man Frog. Oh. We've got Pro Rada the Cosmic Accountant. <laughs> Turn- <laughs> Turnip Man, the Kidney Lady, who's obsessed with kidney health. Oh. Uh, Dr. Bong, who is in love with Beverly. I thought you were going to say weed. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's actually his head is like a, a bell or something. Oh, oh, yeah. like the sound bong, not yeah, like the like apparatus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, gotcha. In the comics, he's been, he was obsessed with Beverly the whole time. At one point, he coerced her into marrying him. And I hate it when that happens. Bad dude. So... <laughs> So I think that, uh-huh. you know, they haven't quite caught up with Howard because he's traveling around. So they decide to use the beam again, maybe get another duck here. Yeah. But what happens is, is at the last second, it gets knocked just a little off course. Uh-oh. And what does it bring back? It brings back a Marvel favorite and someone that Howard the Duck has tangled with before. Ooh. Bessie, better known as Hell Cow. <laughs> Bessie. AKA Hell Cow. Okay. The vampire cow, by the way, oh. is now on this planet and the vampire cow is wreaking havoc. So now we get a fun vampire cow movie <laughs> with Howard the Duck being a tour manager. Uh-huh. But they need Howard because these hell cows have shown up on Howard's planet before. Mm. And they know how to deal with these hell cow. Yeah. They like the taste of that sweet, sweet duck blood. And this hell cow is on the prowl for Howard. So now he needs to deal with this hell cow while also trying to make sure that Cherry Bomb gets to the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson for their big debut. He's pulling double duty here. Wow. And he's going to get help from some of his comic friends as well. He's going to get a little help Uh from the psychic with the lisp. Uh, Winda Wester from the comic, as well as the kidney lady. They are all uh, helping him as well on his journey to try to get the hell cow. He knows how to defeat it. They've got to send it back. He'll only send it back on one condition, that he can get sent back to his planet once he sends the hell cow back. That's the deal he's striking with the government. Mm. And, of course, at the last minute, he chooses to stay to be the manager. Because Cherry Bomb, they're going to kill it on Carson, baby. So, yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, that is my final fix for Howard the Duck bring in some of the more zany, wild aspects of the Howard the Duck comic. That's perfect. I, I mean, I feel like I didn't know this movie was missing a vampire cow, but now that I've heard it, I, I can't imagine a movie without a vampire cow. <laughs> <laughs> it makes everything better. You just want to watch Greta Gerwig's Little Women with uh-huh. a vampire yeah. cow. <laughs> All right, Fixo, we paid a lot for you. To fix movies, so far you gave us one uh-huh. where they should sell Howard and use the money for a robot army. Uh-huh. This next one, no robots, okay? Howard should encounter his original comic counterpart, Men Thing. They should go on adventure and encounter Beverly, who they both love, which intercourse is still okay to me. I don't know why this is taboo, but they fight and Men Thing pulverizes Howard to death. Distraught Beverly brings Howard to her scientist friend and he begins to put metal and microchips inside Howard to save him. Uh, 
I think that's robots again. It's robot-ish. No, no, it's nanodash and synthetic bone replacements. I'm pretty sure that that's just a robot with duck skin. Yeah, it's still a robot. (laughs) Do we send him back? Him, her back? What do you you think? What's the return policy? It's all in kanji. I I can't read the return policy. I feel like we got to at least give it one more chance. I mean, it's got a soft mouth. Oh. All right, so uh, without further ado, I think we should consider this mo- Fixo, do not chime in on this one, okay? Oh, Don't really? do that again. Or softer, a different sound, okay? Here we go. <clears throat> I think without further ado, we should consider this movie Screen Fixed. That was way better. <laughs> Lady One, do you have a final thought on Howard the Duck? I do. So we we discussed earlier the very, very weird sex scene with Leah Thompson and, and Howard the Duck, which which Fixo, you know, says is fine. But, but um, so it was it was pretty rapey. Right. Like, I think that's that's OK to, to say about that scene is he does not seem on board. No, he kind of seems like he's backing out real hard. She's not getting the consent that she should have been getting got the hairless ape on him. Here's my question. Is this OK? Because on Earth, duck sex is always rape so is she just like doing what ducks do is that is that the thing that's why he's scared yeah he's like okay is that <laughs> i know so how does this that goes. make it okay because it's a duck these are the important questions that i had to ask myself when Oof, watching howard the duck i know howard the duck had scenes with so many like serious <laughs> implications this is not what I was expecting from this movie. What's some bestiality? <laughs> no, no, not at all. That would have been really weird if there was still a little kid in that suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. JC, do you have a final thought on Howard the Duck? Yeah. So, <laughs> Disney now owns Marvel. So, yes. in case you didn't notice, in that scene where Howard the Duck is sitting in the collector's chamber after it blows mm-hmm. up, he has pants and he has human toes and he's a little chubby and he's short. And I think they also asked for him to have small eyes. So he has small eyes. He's basically yeah. everything Disney had asked Marvel to do in the 80s. They, they flexed. They were like, and we'll do the thing you wouldn't do. <laughs> Lady One, why don't you send us home? You can reach us here at the show by sending an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at screenfixpod and we're also on Facebook. Just search for Screenfix Podcasts. You can listen to the show anywhere podcasts are found, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course, Apple Podcasts. And we would absolutely love it if you would rate the show, write us a review, and make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. We also have a Patreon, which we waste on things like Fixo. Uh, Don't let him hear that. you (laughs) You can donate to the show there if you would like to. Yeah. So give us your hard earned money and we will find a way to waste it, I'm sure. We'll invest it in this podcast. Let's leave everybody with your favorite duck pun from the movie and say it like Howard. Okay. I'll do my best to imitate a Broadway actor playing a comic book duck. (laughs) Nasally, of course. uh, Very nasal Broadway actor. No one laughs at a master of quack foo. (laughs) (laughs) This movie sucks. Oh, sure did. What do you got for your your bad duck pun? Okay. That's it. No more Mr. Nice Duck. Can't believe somebody got paid to write these. (laughs) I know. It's so bad. All right. Uh, Fixo, do you remember any quote from the movie? Oh, you think I might find happiness in the animal kingdom? 
Ducky. He can't let that one go. All right. All right. So I hope you've enjoyed the first episode of Razzie Fixes. We have fixed <laughs> Razzie winner from 1986. Next time we'll be coming at you with another Razzie winning film or maybe a new film. It depends on what comes out. Who can never be sure? There are some Razzie classics. Anyway, Fixo, I'm going to turn this thing off. It's creeping me out. Yeah. Does it have an off switch? Yeah, but you don't want to know where it is. Done. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>